House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. You are back in the House of Mystery, and of course, I'm Al Warren, and uh, riding on the side, we've got Mr. David Rose North Martino. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to add another name. Yeah, it's Perfect. Rose. Rose Tattoo. It's Rose again? It's Rose. Yeah, it's a rosy week. Rosy. The week is rosy. Um, ah. Well. Yeah. All good things. Well, I wouldn't say that. but um, <laughs> So, interesting show today. Uh, we've got someone yeah, that's uh, kind of all over the place and uh, doing uh, publishing and writing and comedy and and uh, radio. And uh, I even think he's a stripper from what I hear, but I don't know. Oh. Um, we'll find out. Um, and, and, you know, the strangest thing, I noticed he, he, you know, he's from the UK and he's living now in the US. So that always makes me wonder. Uh, run, <laughs> running from the law, you know? Anyway, um, so we'll find out. So joining us now on the line, we've got Mr. Uh, James H. Longmore. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. So you're, of course, you're welcome. We're, we're glad to have you. I, and so you went from Yorkshire to te- to Texas. Like, what what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I, I, that's my well now my now my now uh, ex wife uh, was is from here. We we met over there and came over here and got divorced. <laughs> so it's a, um, green, a green card. Okay, now. So, um, what I do, I have, I'm actually applying for citizenship this year for my sins, but, um, <laughs> again, be, being a Yorkshireman, that's more of a financial decision, because then what, you know, you, you get that, then I don't have to reapply for my green card every, because it's seven years or whatever, so there's that. Um, I, I like it here, I, I like the warmth, I mean, Houston is, is, gets damned hot in the summer, but, you know, I, I like it, the people are very similar to Yorkshire people, actually, they're very, Texas is very, very insular, you know. You, somebody, you know, we meet. You know, meet a Texan over there. You know, anyway, you know, in England or wherever, and they're from Texas. Yeah, Texas first, and then yeah, I'm American. Same with Yorkshire people. You know, we we Yorkshire people first and foremost. Um, <laughs> you know, and we, we we don't like to be lumped in with the rest of the British people. Um, so again, the, the, the mentality is very similar. So I mean, they are they're great people here. I, I like it. You know, we. we um, the kids are doing well, you know, it's good, good education, education for the children. Yeah. I, and I think for what I do, um, obviously writing wise, publishing wise, I don't think I could have certainly done it to, to the amount of success, uh, in England as here. I mean, it's a bigger market for starters. Um, you've got more people to go at, which is a good start. Yeah. 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 You can win by just volume, not even quality. Well, you know that, that's 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 not our mission statement at Hellbound, but to be honest, uh, we 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 try to go for we aim for quality. When, when we started the company, and it, it was started because um, in my early days of being published, now I had some pretty bad experience at the hands of indie indie publishers, um, and wanted to give authors, certainly up-and-coming authors, um, a better experience. So I literally took everything that happened to me and did the opposite. And (laughs) people like that. You know, they like to be treated properly and be listened to and all the rest and paid. People get their royalties, which um, uh, can be a rarity. Yeah. Yeah, the the, the whole new business side of this with with the Amazon opening the doors, you really don't know who you can trust um, unless you work with them or unless you know people that do. So it's it's kind of a – it can be a shady business. You know, it is. Uh, we, I mean, there's there's a, a bunch of you know, small presses that were around when we started. Um, we, when we officially launched well, – we, we launched as an LLC on January the 1st, 2016, but we were sort of going you – know, we were just sort of getting things started before that. Um, there's a bunch that – no longer around. We've, over the past six years, we've seen them pop up and go away again. <laughs> um, and we've just, you know, kept our head down. We, we, we stayed out of drama, um, focused on quality, putting out good stuff. Um, and it, it, it's a formula that's worked. You know, we, we um, you know, managed through the, the COVID, COVID years. 
um, where, you know, a lot of people struggle through that. Obviously, it was not an easy time. But, um, you know, we, we stuck to our core values, which is literally, and again, my, my, my business partner, Extina, will, will, will vouch for me. And I said our core value, first core value is no drama. We don't get involved in online, you know, social media drama that like a lot do. And you see this as soon as they engage in, in, <laughs> in that, you, you know, it's the death knell. You know, you know what's in the, You know, you can pretty much count, count down to when they announce that they're closing the doors for whatever reason, you know. So, but we just kept that. And we've had people, and they, they do a lot of haters in the industry, you know, I've had people taking a pop at us and for whatever reason, you know, it can be jealousy, it can be because we rejected them or whatever. And we never, because these, they, they want to be, they want their, their minute of, uh, the moment on social media, and we just refuse to give them that. People deal with them professionally, obviously, but um, but like I say, you know, long story short, um, it is. It's about quality product, and we, we put out some phenomenal product. Great, great writers, you know. So, um, yeah. so you hire yeah. a hitman to keep people off off your back. Well, as I say, I'm, I'm a York, I'm a Yorkshireman. I don't believe in subcontracting anything like that. Me, I, I would do it myself. Well, I'm not paying, paying out good money to, to for somebody to do that. No, no. Well, that's, that's true. I mean, that, that, I, I like that. Um, but does, does it worry you at all being in publishing um, and being so open? Like, like literally, um, Dave over there could open up Rose Publishing uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, and then he could bring people on and do things. Mm-hmm. And then, and with so much of that stuff going on, I think for me, what I'm saying is there, there's the access is great. And yeah, you can have a, uh, a proper formula and go, okay, we want quality, we want good stuff, good covers, everything and release it and be all that. But, um, is it, is it, isn't it hard to kind of get respect for the kind of work you're doing with so many other, presses and self-publishing out there well i mean respect is earned i mean as with anything um the fact that we've been around the number of years we've been around um you know speaks volumes the fact that we have good products um and we, we attract you know big names now um so you know we, we that yeah i mean yeah by all means that you 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 have at it mate you know you you open up your small press and let's see um you know see how long that goes um you may do phenomenal i mean we did we started up front with five books and two of which were mine actually <laughs> just to make the numbers up i threw in a couple of mine yeah. um what, what i get asked this a lot you know and the from how do i would again i don't want to come off as sounding conceited because i'm not um we a lot of the ones that, that pop up and fail it, it's you know, writers you know, a writer or a couple of writers get together and say oh right let's do our you know, let, let's do our own publishing house and we'll do really well and you know the rest of it which is fine because they, they but they know writing invariably they're not business people and you know you get this whole oh you know our publishing house we treat it it's like one big family well hellbound books isn't one big family hellbound books is a business um my Background is in business. I've worked for uh, some big companies like Toyota. I've worked for Duracell. I've worked for Lojack. You know, so big, you know, and I'm trained through sales and marketing and business. Um, so I understand. Um, you know, I saw, I remember there was one small publisher popped up. I think they lasted about a year. And, oh, we're offering you know, 50% royalties to all our, you know, did it, and we're doing this and doing that. And I said, well, it's just, you know, I know what's sustainable and what isn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so it's that mix. I, I guess it's a, a mi- yeah, it's, it's that mix of, of, of business uh, and obviously being a writer as well. So I, I have a foot in both camps. Um, and you look at the likes of, you know, Cemetery Dance. You look at the likes of uh, Joe Meinhardt at um, Crystal Lake. You know, there's some good people there. And those are the sort of companies that when we started, we said that that's where we want to be. You know, we want to be there with Rich Chismar and Joe Meinhardt. And, you know, we sort of you know, modeled ourselves on them and they are incredibly successful. So um that's 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 the plan anyway. <laughs> We've got a ways to go yet, but the way we're going is, you know, it's certainly uh, in the right direction. Well I know you've written about this in uh, the Harzine. I was just wondering what do you look for in a submission for, for Hellbound books? First and foremost is a damn good story. It has to be a good story. You know, it's gotta have, you know, for me a middle Sorry, beginning, a middle, and an end uh, in that order. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, we, we obviously we get a lot of submissions, be it, you know, for, obviously for the anthologies, be it for the novels. Um, if it's, if it's a, you know, a well-worn trope, if it's vampires, if it's werewolves, if it's your zombies or, you know, COVID-based, we've had a lot of pandemic. Please, if anybody's listening, don't send us any more pandemic. Yeah, we're living it. I don't <laughs> want to read about it as well, you know, unless if it's different, we look for different, you know, put a different spin on it. That's, you know, so you can have a, like our upcoming werewolf unfolds, you know, we've gone to, oh, Jeannie has gone to great pains to make mm-hmm. sure that the story's bringing something fresh to the trope. Uh, good writing, obviously, um, you know, we, we like our, you know, gore and, you know, a little, little bit of, little bit of steaminess and what have you. But, you know, again, a lot of people think horror is just writing page after page of brutal, blood and guts and that and it's just you know you need the context uh, is what i'm saying um and again it's going to make me sound pedantic but you know we like to see someone has actually read our guidelines you know we're not we're we're not you know too strict but you know there's a certain font size a certain layout we ask for and what have you and we get you'd be surprised what we get and he said oh well, i don't understand microsoft word or whatever you know it's well I like, I mean, okay, you want to be, it's like trying to be a brain surgeon, yeah, with a spoon. <laughs> if you're going to do it, you need to learn the tools of the trade. If you're going to be a car mechanic, you need to learn how to use the tool. You know what I'm saying? Um, so somebody who doesn't have a basic grasp of how to lay out and how to write properly, you know, and it's not difficult to learn, you know, do a lot of reading and see how it's done and, Figure it out. Yeah. I'm, sound, I'm sounding like a monster now. I'm, I'm, well. yeah, ask me something. Ask me, ask me my charity worker. So I'll be working puppy. We don't care about charity. Come on. No. Well, we should make sure mm. we. Uh, I know you, you you mentioned it, but uh, we we should definitely uh, plug uh, the Horazine's Book of Werewolf Stories. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, why is that then? Is it, could somebody here be on it or in it? No. Well, Ramsey can't. <laughs> Yeah, Ramsey. He is Ramsey. He's a, he's a great, great guy. Yeah, great guy. Well, it's it's gonna it's gonna do real well. You got Mr. Dave Martino in it, so that's right. I, I'm, I've, I've never never heard of him. But no, I'm, neither I'm have I. Nobody has. Honest. No. But after after this, yeah, everyone's gonna hear of him. It's great bathroom reading. It's definitely yeah. We uh, well, you know, so is our uh, our renowned series. Since I have the third edition of uh, the Toilet Zone, uh, which <laughs> is actually my brainchild because I, I, as my daughter will testify, I really haven't mentally developed beyond twelve, to be honest. Um, and I actually sat down and I calculated the average length of time someone has a, a sit down visit to the toilet, um, and then the average reading speed and then i worked out an average the, the perfect story length <laughs> and it's around four thousand words um the average story length and the we've got volume one and volume two out volume three is hopefully going to be out later this month um packed with sit down length stories so you can have it uh, we actually have both issues in our downstairs bathroom so you know people go you just sit and you read a story then you know you're finished you know so um mm-hmm. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Again, packed with brilliant, yeah. brilliant stories, you know. Good word. All packed. Good word. It's a good yeah. word, isn't it? It's a good word. Yeah. Do you have a, do you, do you have a constipated edition? Well, there just be one long story, like a 600-word volume of <laughs> yeah, one story. Yeah, constipated edition for the person that has <laughs> yeah. to be there longer than normal. We should do that. We need to be constipated and, and, and allow... Um, you know, novellas in there. I've got six novellas in there. <laughs> now, I noticed in in some of your books that you tend to have a, um, how do I say, kind of a sense of humor as well as kind of an erotic sensuality and kind of horror all in one. Um, when When you do something like that, do you find that you have to be careful on how you approach that and what you actually make fun of? No. Good. <laughs> in a word. But you, so you're not worried. Like, I'm just, because the times being what they are, and the, especially the last few years, there's a lot of people that, you know, the offended, the triggering, and all this stuff going around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure you have to really worry about any government agency taking it down, but just, just the whole um, sensitivity um, of things. 
and I look at something like so what caught my eye too is you have that I'm I am Joe's unwanted penis, and of course I I want <laughs> Joe's penis uh, personally. I I look for Joe's penis, so I'm I'm sort of thinking that's a really good title, and then I read the what it's about, and you're really kind of talking about having your penis removed, someone that's, you know, to become a woman. And I think this, and discarding it, and I think that's funny. Um, but that might get people upset. Um, but you don't care. You just kind of go with what no, you No, I think I get managed to sound like a monster. I, no, I don't care. If somebody's going to be going to be affected, well, don't read it. You know, I mean, the, the, it, that was written a while ago. It's actually pre- pre-Donald Trump, because there's a great Donald Trump gag about it. <laughs> Seriously, you need to read the book. I'll, let me, give me your address afterwards. I'll, I'll send you a copy. Um, and it, again, it, it's a bizarro novel. It's very tongue-in-cheek, very, very dark. There's a lot of humor in there. There's even a, I even wrote a, like a Dr. Seuss-style rhyme in the middle of it. Um, but, you know, it was actually inspired by uh, the Caitlyn Jenner story. Again, it's, it's going back a few years now, one of my earliest ones. Um, and it's literally, again, I don't know, I know I'm, I'm, you know, I've advanced years now, but there was a great, uh, series of books. It used to be, uh, sections in Reader's Digest. It was a, a series of books called I, I Am, uh, in England, it was called I Am John's, like, stomach, I Am John's heart, I Am John's whatever, whatever body part. And then it would, like, give you the whole rundown of that body part from its point of view. Over here it was I Am Joe's, yeah? Look it up. Um, and there was, I mean, again, I love that. I mean, I, I'm, uh, actually, I'm by, by education, I'm a, I'm a, uh, zoologist. So I have a strong biology background. So I was fascinated by those as a kid. And obviously, fast forward a lot of years. Um, and I thought, yeah, let, let, let's do the story from the point of view of the penis that is removed, uh, part of the operation and its quest to, to get back to its, its person. Um, and that's how, and, and it's, and it, it's fun. You know, it, it meets other body parts along the way and there's friendships and it, it's, a, um, like a, a, a buddy, a, a buddy sort of book. And yeah, it, it's good. Um, as far as offending people, no, I, I, I'm a writer. I'm a horror writer. Um, I've also been a comedian. Um, and you can't self-censor. For me, if, I mean, people get too, too easily offended these days, you know? They get offended by words. They get offended by, you know, it's just like, seriously, get over yourselves, you know? I grew up in a time when mm. you, people didn't get, if I show you, I didn't choose to get offended by ridiculous things. So, um, well, yeah, the the day where you don't like something, you don't read it, you don't buy it, or you, you don't listen yeah. to it. You go, well, that's a terrible show. You turn it. You just don't. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've done, um, as you were saying, you've done stand-up comedy, and which takes comedic timing. Do you think writing dark comedy and fiction also requires a, a level of timing? I definitely, yeah. Approach? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, it's... I think you said before, earlier, I mean, it, it's, it's a careful mix, you know, you've got to infuse it in the right places. Um, and there is, there, there is comedy in every, even the darkest situation, there, there is humor always there. And like you're saying, everything I've written, um, there's always that dark vein of humor. If it's not like, you know, Joe's penis is out deliberately set out to be comedic, you know, um, uh, I find, you know, you, you sprint a bit of comedy, usually just before something really nasty happens, and it gives you that wonderful sort of um, contrast, yeah? You've got them chuckling away at that as a bump, something horrible happens, and it just makes it more, more ho all the more horrible. And you'll find that in a, in a lot of horror movies. You know, horror movies done well, you know, th they will do pretty much the same sort of thing. It's not just... And I've, I've seen some movies where it's just been unrelenting, Dark, 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 and it just gets bored. You become desensitized to it, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a gold, golden moment. I mean, pick on. I mean, Jaws, for example. You know, the the, um, <laughs> you know, you you, you he's, he's shoveling the chum in the you know off the back of the boat. He's like, you should try shoveling the chum. How dare Boom, you? Boom! The shark fish. I mean, that <laughs> golden moment. Absolutely. But that's the sort of effect that I, I try to try to create. How much of you do you do you put in the stories? Like, you know, of course, the story's not you in, intentionally, but um, with writing in horror comedy like this, how much of you, your own personality goes into it? Uh, I, I, a lot. 
a lot. I, I mean, put it this way, I will never have to write my autobiography because it's sort of sprinkled across everything I write. Even when I, 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 I ghostwrite for people, um, you know, there's always little bits of me in there, you know? Um, and uh, Tenebrian, um, it was just set in the, um, <laughs> the wonderful world of the uh, uh, independent uh, film communities. I was part of, I, I did a few short movies in that in, in the Houston film community. Um, and the, that's probably got mo- the most of me in it because again, it comes from personal experience of being in that environment. And, uh, it's funny. Somebody actually, um, commented said none of the characters are really likable. And I said, well, if you'd ever spent any time in the Houston film community, <laughs> you'd know how accurate that was. <laughs> Well, there, there, there you have it. But I, so, what part of you went into Joe's unwanted penis? <laughs> probably the fact that it is a really massive penis. I think that's probably the bit <laughs> that I brought to the table. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. It's a very massive unwanted penis, right? So, um. You know, that's the story of my life right now. I have to say. <laughs> well, I'll get to work on that. You know, um, it's funny, but uh, so what do you? Because we talk to a lot of fiction writers, crime fiction and true crime and all that sort of stuff, and there's always kind of a point and subtexts and all these things going on. Do you layer any of these stories? Do you have a subtext? Do you have a point that you want to get across to someone, even though they're they're entertained and having a good time with the comedy and some of the horror and all that? All of that's there, but underneath and at the end of the book, I'm finished reading it. Is there something you're trying to tell me? Um. Do you know, I, I, I honestly, I don't think so. No, I, I, I want to tell a damn good story. You know, whether it's about, you know, demons or giant creatures or unwanted penises or whatever. Um, I just want to tell the story. If, if there's any subtext there, it, 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 I guess it's subconscious. You know, I, I don't deliberately set out, right, I'm going to write this book, but it's, it's really about, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, really about how fictional the moon landings are. Um, no, no, I mean, there, there may be the odd one line of the, if I want to put a point across that I, I feel, you know, they'll slip that in there, then I can do that. But there's no, never an ulterior motive with me. You know, what you see is what you get. What do you get out of writing a book? Um, I think the big thing is I, I get it out of my head. I get all these thoughts, you know, you can speak to other writers, obviously you do, you know, um, we write because we have to. Um, if it wasn't where well, all these stuff in our head would stay there and probably drive us insane. So I get that. I get, you know, the, the sense of achievement of doing it. Uh, it's something I've always wanted to do. So I, I actually, I, I love the whole thing. I, and I guess it, it's, it's the love of doing something that I enjoy. That's inter- it's an interesting process. Um, what, what, do you, what do you dislike about writing the most? Writing. <laughs> um, if, if I could, if I, if there's somewhere I could just, you know, have the idea and hit a button and it would just do it, that would be great. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's one of these, I would say, I'm going to say the middle bit because no matter what I'm writing, I think this is a common, common thing with a lot of writers is you start off the beginning and it's fresh and it's new and it's like, whoa, this is, whoa, yeah, this is brilliant. And you get to that halfway point. And for me, whether it's a novel, a novella, a short story, get to that halfway point, and my brain's just like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. And it's just slogging through. Because then, I mean, once you get into the, the final stretch, you're in the finale, the, the last you know, quarter of the book, then, then it's exciting again because you, you're bringing things together and you've got the heart-pumping race against time or whatever. But that middle bit is the worst, it really is. And I, I've actually got a couple of novels that I've, I've got to that middle bit and been unable to push through. And they're still half, they're just half a novel. Um, and probably will never be finished because I, I just, and I tried and tried and tried and just couldn't get through that. Maybe put that in your toilet anthologies for the quick ones. <laughs> that, <laughs> people will be able to have time to, to, to read half the story. Yeah, I mean, that could be it, you know, but... Um, um, I, I, there's a couple of them I really do want to finish, but I, I, I've got a stockpile of I think at least three novels. That I just need to sit down and finish them. I've just been that busy, obviously, with the publishing and with ghostwriting that um, uh, I, I'm kind of in demand as a ghostwriter these days. So um, 
But I, I need, I need, it's one of those things I need to make time to do that, but I also need to pay the mortgage, so. Well, with such a massive penis, you should be in command. Well, as you say, since my, my days as a stripper sort of waned, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not, not the same as it was. It's not the same as it was. <laughs> yeah, I get that feeling. What do you think about the horror community and, and the horror world even in general? How do you, how do you think it's changed um, with social media? I, I think, I mean, on the whole, the horror community is tremendous. I mean, it is, it is just so many wonderful people. We are the, the most affable nice people you could ever you know and again a lot of people think oh you know you've, you've got to be something wrong with you because you write all this stuff and it, it, it's the opposite because we write all this stuff and we get it out we are incredibly well balanced people so the people are great the community i mean since since i've been in it you know um i mean social media is a platform for drama um and those that love drama no matter what community you're in will create drama that's the part I don't like. For me, I mean, social media for me is about, you know, it's for marketing, it's for networking. And we, we, we do that pretty well. We actually, actually have people do that, uh, pay people to do that for us because I don't have the time to spend on Facebook, unless it's posting public pictures or whatever. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, long story short, you know, they're great people. I mean, how it was 20 years ago, I don't know. I mean, they all seem to have been... It was always great. I, I remember as a kid watching uh, like the, the talk shows back in England and, you know, finding out that, so like, Stephen King was friends with James Herbert and they knew Clive Barker and all these people, they were all sort of, you know, friends together. They knew each other on some level. I, I, I love that, you know. And I, I don't know if that's the same with... Other, you know, whether the romance genre or sci-fi or whatever, they all know each other. But um, yeah, I like that. I like, and they, they are they're all great people. people like you know, so we, we deal with Ramsey Campbell, and the guy is an mm. absolute legend. Legend is a hero of mine from many, many years ago, um, and they're just great people. He, he, he posts pictures of his jigsaw puzzles that he does, and he's he's very approachable and. You know, they're, they're great people, absolutely great people. Yeah, speaking of that, you know, the 80s for horror and, and early 90s were huge, and I remember reading uh, Ramsey Campbell in the um, uh, in high school, actually, and it's, you know, it's kind of amazing to be in a book with him right now. But um, do you think uh, that uh, horror is having, like, a, a big comeback, a, a resurgence? Well, I'm not sure that it ever went away, to be honest. I mean, the 80s was a boom time. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we, we had the, 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 um, uh, the, I guess the advent of, uh, Splatterpunk. I mean, James Herbert is, is, is lauded as being the, 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 the godfather of Splatterpunk. Um, so we had that. We had then obviously the whole, the, 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 the movies, the, the video, the VHS boom. Um, and if you want to read more about it, um, VHS, the video nasties from Hellbound Books, available in hardback and, uh, sorry, available in, in color and black and white. Um, which is literally details all the whole video nasty phenomenon in the 80s. So we had that going on. The books, I mean, obviously Steve King was um, really coming into his own during the 80s. He wrote some, probably some of his best stuff in the 80s. Um, so I forgot the question now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, he, he, he sort of, I, I, the nasties thing gave it a bit of a bit of a bad turn, but. Um, I think it's always been there. Uh, Movie-wise, it's big now because, you know, people do all the remakes. And, and horror movies are, relatively speaking, are cheap to produce. And there's been some some big hitters, like The Ritual, for example, or Witch, uh, that sort of thing, um, that have really made, made money for the studios. And independent studios are more likely to, to take on, you know, a, an unknown. You know, they're not all just doing Stephen King remakes. So, yeah, it's nice. For me, it's always been there. I think if you sort of, if that's your interest, you know, you, you can always find it. Um, but even now, you know, we are still seeing very much of the correlation in the literary world. You know, there are bookstores that don't have a horror section, or if they do, it's Stephen King. That's it. And there are so many great horror writers out there that um, it is a shame. You know, it, it galls me when, you know, there's another, oh, they made another Batman movie. I mean, first of all, why? <laughs> you know, why, seriously, why? We know the story. It's the same damn story. Oh, it's darker. I don't care. It's still... How dare you? I have to swear. 
Sorry, you can bleep that out in post. <laughs> it's the same story, it's the same, yes, his parents got shot, yes, his aunt, oh, he's got a nice car, and it's seriously, having said that, when it comes on to uh, Netflix, I'll probably sit and watch it, but they're remaking and, re and it's Marvel, it's DC, it's the same, and then, oh, let, let's remake, you know, a Stephen King movie, because it did well in 1991, we're going to remake it, you know. Um, and yet I see all this brilliant original stuff that would make tremendous movies, and they just don't even get a chance, which is terrible. It really is. Hmm. Must be kind of a safety thing, like, a, a you know, they're going to remake Stephen King. It's just they feel there's an in, you know, it's already going to make it. Well, I mean, it's a two-edged thing. I mean, one, it means they don't have to buy the rights because they still they have them, you know, so they don't have to do that. And two, yeah, you, you put you know, Stephen King's whatever, whatever, you know. And as well, there's the, the, the nostalgia wave as well. You know, people, oh, I remember seeing Pet Cemetery back in whenever it came out, 82, 83, and it was great. And that, oh, I'm going to watch, see what... And to be fair, with all due respect, it was bloody awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Um... As soon as you say it's a reimagining, it's like, no, no, that means you know, we've, we've ruined it. Um, you know, so, but again, yeah, you put Stephen King's name on it and boom, you know, you, you're going to get bums on seats, you're going to get people downloading on the streaming platforms, etc. Uh, but yeah, you're right, it's safe. It's safe. And again, I guess, you know, the movie business is, is a business. You know, they want to make money. They don't, you know, want to just be nice you know they're, they're in it to make profit yeah yeah um how do you think horror's changed since um you know over your life um it's certainly got it's certainly got more visceral i mean my, my very first exposure to grown-up horror was actually james herbert's the rats when i was back in middle school so some some kid brought it in and i borrowed it and read it it was just like blew me away because okay, I've been reading you know the, the kids sort of horror stories and what have you and sort of getting you know more and more grown up but they I mean horror is sort of yeah it's become more visceral because they've, they've more use the word you know like more you know true to life I guess um, you know I grew up on the Hammer horror films for example right. you know the old it was Christopher Lee Peter Cushing it was it was kind of it was very hokey it was it was hammy it was it was fun yeah um, I think certainly horror now again we went through the wave of it just being gore I mean a lot of the eighties stuff was just gore for its own sake you know with cheap splatter effects and now it's become I think it's become more intelligent. Um, you know, the the gore is used to good effect, I think, mostly. I mean, you still get... I mean, again, we all love a good slasher movie, but, you know, I, I, I like the more sort of the cerebral, the stuff that gets in your head. The stuff that, I think, as is, is, is Dave said, you know, the, you, know you, you, you put the book down, you finish the movie, and you're still thinking about mm. it. Um, and I think there's more and more of that. I and mean, it's... I guess as it's chasing the mainstream. But again, horror will always be that poor relation, which is a, a shame. This is some of the best literature and best movies have been horror. Absolutely. Well, speaking speaking of movies, um, I, I know you write some screenplays. Uh, what, what's your experience been with um, with, with the film industry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is a worms. real old question. Oh, that is a can of worms. I, I actually, I, I started off writing some screenplays when, when, I, when I moved here and started writing in earnest um that well okay that that is why i write books now um you know you write a screenplay no matter how good it is you know it, it, if i read a statistic just the other day um the, the, the tiny number of you know movie screenplays that are optioned, mm. the even tinier number that are optioned from unknowns and then the even tinier number of those um that are actually made um it, it, it's just um I, I think it's one of those, unless you, you know somebody or know somebody or what have you, it, it, it's, it's, it's an impossible task, I would say. It certainly is an unknown. Um, having said that, you know, write a book. And you said, you know, with, with Amazon and the other platforms, you can get your book out there. Um, that can be a foot in the door. I mean, look at, okay, Fifty Shades of Grey, look at The Martian that started off as self-published mm -hmm. and they, they were, and they, they built a following and then, they were picked up. That is 
the better way for me to do that. I actually, when I, I, I speak to other authors, you know, so I'm going to, I'm writing this screenplay and I'm going to send it to the people who do Marvel movies or, you know, just, just don't. <laughs> Although having said that, I mean, screenplays for me, it was a great way to hone dialogue skills. You know, I, I read a lot of Tarantino scripts and a lot of you know, good movies. I got all the favorite movie scripts and read through those to see how they did the dialogue, you know, and, and that helped. But I think if you try, if you're going to try to write a screenplay that then you're going to sell to Steven Spielberg, I, I think really it's not going to happen. Turn that screenplay into a book, get the book out there and then, you know, <laughs> then send a book to copy the book to Spielberg. Yeah. Or either sleep your way to the top. <laughs> Well, I tried that, and here I am. Well, you're at the top, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, I might. Just, okay, brilliant. Well, there you go. It worked. Well, well speaking of writing, uh, writing dialogue, I was wondering how you experience your characters. Um, do you have an inner monologue? Can you, can you hear them? I, I'm just trying to find out if you're hearing voices. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes. And it's funny, you know, there are times when I'll, you know, either in, in, in the wee hours of the night when I'm, <laughs> laid awake because I can't sleep or whatever. Um, I, sometimes I find myself, I wonder what, what Sonso's doing now. And then it takes a second or two for me, hang on, he, you made him up. Um, but, you know, when I'm in the middle of a of writing a novel, um, you know, the, the people become very real. I can, yeah, you're right, I can hear how they speak, you know, the, the pattern of their speech, what they would say. And like I say, if I'm, I'm writing and I, I write a line of dialogue, so well, he wouldn't say that. I mean, he wouldn't say that like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, again, you're right to yourself. You know, you know these people, they take on a life of their own, even so much as, you know, you, you, you st- I always start out with a plan. Otherwise, I, I meander. I would end up with like a, a thousand-page book that was really nicely written, but nobody knew what the hell was going on. So I have to work to a plan. Um, but even with that, you know, the characters, once they take on that life of their own, you find them taking you in different directions. But, yes, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, long story short, yes, I, I do hear voices, don't you? Always. <laughs> yeah, he's, there you he's go. psychotic. <laughs> yeah, well, did, so did you hear... Well, that helps. Well, yeah, did you hear Bruce <laughs> Penis talk to you too then, or Bruce Jenner's? On the penis. Um, yeah, well, he was a character. He was a great little character. So a great big character. But, um, yeah, absolutely. He was a character like, like any other. And, uh, one of my favorites, actually. He had a, yeah. He talked to you. He had, he, he had it going on. He knew what he wanted and he was damn well going to go get it. And I, I admired him for yeah, that. Yeah, he slept his way to the top. <laughs> and it was funny because I, I even, you know, as, as bizarre, literally, as, as that, that book is, I even spent a fair bit of time um, working out how he would move, how he would get around. <laughs> Seriously. I actually sat and I thought that, again, with my zoology background, you know, I sort of compared him to different, um, different similarly shaped creatures. And would he slither like a snake? Would he inch along like an inchworm? Would he, you know? Um, yeah. Hmm. There Do you, you act out your, your character roles? Too? <laughs> not, not that one, no. <laughs> Well, just I thought I'd check. But you do other ones. Uh, I'm not sure about acting out. <laughs> mentally, yeah. Mentally, I, I will act out scenes that they're in. Yeah. yeah. No, it's just, we, we've had writers that will, that will actually dress up and do the part. So, you know. But we don't have them on yeah, after yeah a little bit much what 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 is james structure like then so do you have to be in a certain mood to write or can you just do it off the whim can someone just say you've got three hours today and you can just sit down and do it um what's it work how does it work for you well for me i i have to have structure um, I mean, all of my school reports from, you know, elementary school, middle school, and into high school. So I was very, I'm very easily distracted. Always have been. Um, you know, I'm the guy who I was sat there. I'm supposed to be working, and I'm actually watching a squirrel or something. You know, so, but I, I yeah, and I set aside um, mostly mornings. That's when my my creative brain is at its best. Um, and I'll, I set myself a word target of three thousand words a day. Um, and I try to get those done 
in the morning time and then have the rest of the day to do business stuff and other bits, other things that I need to do. Um, and I have to literally have to sit down and make myself do it. And it, so I remember I read a, somebody wrote an article a while ago saying, you know, we, we creativity and we don't force it. Um, but, you know, when it's your livelihood, you do have to force it. I mean, certainly when I'm looking at, um, if I'm ghostwriting, um, if I don't, if I don't force it and I don't write, I don't eat. And it's that simple. So I, I, it's helped me to have that discipline, um, which is, is important. I know, I think Joe Lansdale, he, he does, I think, I, I think you know, he might do three hours in the morning and then that's it. You know, but he knows, right, I've done that. That's out the way I can do other stuff. Um, there are other writers I know that just they, they can, as and when it suits them, you know? Mm. And what's your atmosphere? Do you have to have like, uh, uh, heavy metal music playing, or do you play like ballet in the background? Like, what, or do you have? You know, again, it's the easily distracted thing. I, I have to have silence um, because otherwise, I have music and I'd be, I'd be listening to music. You know, um, so I, I need. So I have a nice sort of office set up now, and you know, it's me most of the time. I've got my dogs um, who, you know, and it's great if they want to go out. That gives me a bit of a bit of a five minute break, which is terrific. Um, otherwise, I just sit and pee myself. To be yeah. honest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, stru- structure is important. You know, I guess because it's it's a profession. You know, if if it was just me writing as I felt like it, then I probably wouldn't get as much done because I can actually take that discipline for my own work as well. Mm. So, can, do you have, can you read other people's? books and stories while you're writing or do you have to be kind of closed off with all that um i no, i, I can i mean i can do that uh I, I don't get much time to read for pleasure these days uh between obviously writing and uh, we, we with hellbound you know we, we read submissions and we, we're doing all of that you know so i don't have a lot of chance um uh, I, I bought the last book i bought for pleasure and started reading was joe hill's the fireman Mm-hmm. Big, big Joe Hill fan. Um, I think I had about three chapters. In. I mean, this is probably six years ago. Put <laughs> um, about three chapters in, and then, you know, life and work happened. So um, I, mean, I, I bought some in the meantime, and they're, they're on my shelf, and I will get around to them one day. Put them down in the bathroom. Well, I, between, I, I read my toilet zones <laughs> then, you know. And, um... Oh, busy man. So Horazine, like what is Horazine all about? Uh, that's genius. That <laughs> it's. Um, I mean, it's been going a long time. I mean, she. She. she I'm not sure how we we got to know Jeannie. Um I think she may have approached us, or anyway, we we, we got to know each other. I think in one way or another in, in the community. Um, I mean, Horazine is is a great publication. Um, she publishes some tremendous people, tremendous authors. Uh, her her sort of. Um, that sort of trope is, is the more, I guess, the more gentle side of horror. You know, she doesn't go for blood and guts and sex and all the rest of it. But she, like the traditional, the, the great ghost, the atmospheric ghost stories and the, the, you know, the Wales stuff is, is, is brilliant, but it's not over the top. Um, obviously, yeah, good old traditional horror, I think, with, with the horror scene. And we're absolutely delighted that she approached us with the, uh, the ghost stories book. Um, and, you know, we got along well enough for her to, to um, talk to us about the werewolf book. The next one, which will be, I believe, next year is a monster's book. So, um, you know, it, it's a nice it's a nice association for us to have. Yeah, so if, if someone's never heard of you before, which I, I don't know how that could be, um, and they were, if you were to choose one book for them to read of yours, which one would it be? Oh, wow. Well, um uh, I, you can't get me. I can't choose. It, it would depend on who, who they were. I think, okay, I would say my short story collection, Blood and Kisses. Uh, when I'm introduced to an author, the thir- one of the first things I do is if, look, see if they've got a short story collection because you get a nice mix. Uh, my collection goes right from my very first published short right through to a couple that I wrote specifically for that. Um, but yeah, if you want a good broad mix of your author, I, mean, I was introduced to Stephen King. Uh, I uh, was uh, was it Night Shift, his um, short story collection. I mean, going back many many years now, uh, and absolutely loved it. So yeah, I would say yeah, go go to the short story collection, and then 
and then work work his way through from that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how do people get a hold of you? What, what what's the website they should go to? Uh, Hellboundbooks.com. Okay, and do you interact with them on social media as well, or is it uh, at all, or is it just paid for them? We have social media. Uh, we have Facebook, Instagram, Goodreads, you name it, we're on it. Um, I don't personally interact with people uh, on that because I, I just haven't got the time, unfortunately. Uh, if some people email, you know, I'll happily always reply to emails. Um, you know, or yeah, hit us up on social media and... If it's a question that, um, you know, I need to field, then it's sent to me and I will deal with that. So, yeah, I said the website, you know, there's a, the email addresses on there. Drop us an email. Probably the best. Thing. Uh, Tinder, Grinder, anything like that? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm on all of those. Um, all of them. Um, somebody actually said, and I was a bit insulted, I mean, there's one called Silver Daddies. And it's like, seriously? Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm on there. No. And then there's all Sugar Daddies. <laughs> Which is not what, not what I thought. Sugar is like all these 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 nubile young women who want men with money. Well, you know, barking up the wrong tree with me. I don't really. No, Silver Daddy just likes the older daddy type with gray hair. No, Silver Daddy. No, actually, Silver Daddy is for older men to hook up with older men. Oh. I'm told. <laughs> no, I, I did. I did actually look at it, and it's like, okay, moving on. Oh. <laughs> not really. Not really my bag, but oh, um, yeah, I'll stick to Tinder and Grinder and Bumble and whatnot. <laughs> Bumble. and Bumble's great. I love Bumble. I just like the word. It's a great word. Well, so uh, of course we'll put all that up on our website. People can find you with brilliant. Thank you. All there, and you know, any any um, any issues over the COVID? Like, does 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 COVID sort of interfere in the publishing world and the writing world for you? Um, I, do you know it hasn't? Um, obviously, 2020 was a nerve-wracking year. We, we nobody knew what was going to happen. Um, I mean, if anything, I mean, people were reading more books. I guess people were stuck at home and they couldn't go out. They couldn't do anything, and you know, people were buying more books, which is you know, mm. um, uh, I guess good for, good for the publishing industry. But um, no, uh, the I think. Ingram, Spark, and Amazon, I think, use it as an excuse to put print costs up. But other than that, no, it was business as usual. And for me, I, I, you know, I work from home anyway. I've been working from home since 2010. Um, Really no change. People say, oh, you can't go out. Well, I never went out anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So it's been... Business as usual for me. Yeah, but just but but just the stress stress level. So like when the country's all freaking out and there's issues and you know Donald Trump was in, there's a lot of tension and fighting and there still mm-hmm. is. And then you got COVID and you got anti-mask rallies and you got you know all this stuff is happening outside your door, so to speak. Um, does it, are you still able to write in the horror area fine, or does it it doesn't it doesn't add to it or take away from it? I know. If anything, it's nice to be. It's a nice shut off from all the crap that's going on out there. Um, although, yeah, I mean, you know, again, people obviously write a lot of pandemic stuff and a lot of horrors. You know, that that sort of disease, sort of yeah. horror. Um, I guess they've got up the ante now. One of the biggest things, obviously, is you writing. Do you write in COVID? I actually I'll say. That, Ghost wrote a book a couple just before COVID, um, and it was like, well, do we go back to it and build COVID in? I mean, well, how do you do? I've noticed like movie a lot of movies now, um, if if at all they mention it, but it's not involved. You, does that make sense? Right. But I, I funny if I'm at, I am actually ghost rewriting a ghost written book that somebody else ghost wrote for a, a client of mine, uh, or actually building in the whole COVID thing, because it actually adds to the story and the paranoia and the tension of the story, and it is kind of related to it. So that works. So that that's um, that's the project I'm on at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting how it affects different people. I know with some of the writers we talked to, they were just shut right down. They were unable to write, mm-hmm. you know, I guess the, the wow. stressing yeah. level. And then other people were, they escape in their writing, so of course they don't. There's no issue at all. Yeah. In fact, they could jump in more because they wanted to get away from the outside world, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I get like you say. I think it affects it affected people in in different ways. Yeah. So what's next for James? What's the what's the next project you're on? Uh, for me, um, I have two novel. One that um, was almost finished. It just needs another another couple of goes through. It's written. Uh, I just need a, a bit more polish, a bit of editing. Um, and I really, I'm, I'm determined to get that out this year. It's based on one of my short stories. Um, and I started that, I, I got, so I got to the point to finish that just before the whole Hellbound thing sort of happened. And, um, uh, I, it was just left on the virtual shelf. So I, I want to get that finished. There's another one I'd like to at least finish it so I can publish next year. Um, and, in, in the mix, obviously, is, is, is Hellbound. We've got a bunch of anthologies out this year. We're, we're putting out, obviously, we've got the Werewolf book coming out. Uh, we have just, uh, we have a, 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 con- a contract with an association with the Bram Stoker estate, so we're working closely with them. So we've got we have more Dracula and Bram Stoker stuff coming out this year. So, yeah. And then, obviously, there's the Ghost Riders. <laughs> um, I need to invent, like, another two days per week, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah, it seems that way at times, doesn't it? You know, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> I know. Well, it's certainly always an interesting conversation, um, and we're glad you could make it. Um, of course, the um, guest we have is Mr. James H. Longmore. So, thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for uh, for having me on. Thanks, James. Tired of wasting time trying to decide what to watch on your streaming service? Go to our website and look for the Martino Movie Reviews. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.